Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I am your host, Kaya McCullough, and I am so excited to be here with you guys again for another awesome episode this week. You already know what this show is about. Here we talk about the intersection of race, sports, culture, uh, you know, everything, everything we can through a completely unfiltered lens and through the lens of my life. So I'm (laughs) super excited to bring you guys another week of an awesome topic with an awesome guest. One of my coolest uncles is going to be on the show, my uncle Jay. So I'm super excited for you guys to meet him and hear what he has to say because he's one of the smartest people that I know. Um, So yeah, and we're going to be talking about everything from saving the environment to gardening to guns and black liberation and, you know, just the moment that we're living in right now. So I'm super excited to have him on and keep listening if you think that you'll like any of that. Hello there, uncle. How you doing? Would you like to introduce yourself to my audience? Uh, yes, uh, I am uh, Kaya's or one of Kaya's uh, many uncles. Uh, my name is Derek Winters uh, Jr. That's where the J comes from. Um, I uh, I'm probably going to speak some some science stuff today, um, but I'm speaking on behalf of just myself, uh, not the agency that I represent. But I do work uh, for uh, the Air Resources Board um, for our air quality here in California. So it's a nice, rewarding job. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, a little older than Kaya, but I'm a, one of her younger uncles. Um, but yeah, she's still uh, one of my uh, one of my pride and joys because uh, yeah, you guys know I'm, you guys love her. I made you an uncle. That's yes, that's yes. The most important. Point. <laughs> yes, when you were what eleven, so you could brag to all your friends. Yeah, yeah, I was um, I was already you know looking out for someone. Uh, it was it was interesting, but yeah, being uncle at eleven, greatest thing ever hey. though. I gave you some street cred in your elementary school. You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this is the part of the show where I do an intro story to introduce you and our relationship to the audience. I didn't think of like a specific one, though there are plenty. But one of the things that I always remember as a kid is we would go to the fair every single year, the San Diego Del Mar Fair. And I remember never wanting to really go with anybody else besides you and Uncle Carl. And it was mostly because you were so good at that um, dart balloon game. And because you guys would always win me prizes whenever <laughs> whenever you would play. And I just and you guys were the ones who would go on the roller coasters with me. So I don't know that I think shows just my admiration for you and my trust in you as an uncle I never wanted to go to the fair with anybody else. I looked forward to it every year. I think I demanded almost that you guys went with me. Um, and a lot of it was because of that dart game. So, so That was easy yeah. money, though. That was easy money. <laughs> yeah, and we used to play darts all the time in your room. So yeah. I started getting good at it once I got a little bit older. But if I ever just needed a prize because we weren't winning anything else, I knew. I was like, okay. We'll just go to the dart game and I'll get my my stuffed animal for the day. <laughs> no, that was that was fun because uh, you know, it, it gave me a chance to, you know, have some fun and and you know, do those cool uncle things. So yeah, it was nice. Well, like I said, you're one of my coolest uncles. So definitely part of that is probably because of the fair. Just letting you know. 
It stuck with me. Good to know. All right. Well, obviously you're very science brained. um, And the work that you do involves the environment. So my very, very first question is how screwed are we in terms of climate change and in terms of how we're destroying our environment as humans? You know, um, that's that's an, that's an interesting question, and uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can go about that. Um, you know, I, I think it's first important to talk about, you know, or at least raise the top three environmental issues that we face. You know, that's soil degradation, you know, uh, increasing global temperatures in our, our water, our ocean temperatures, and then uh, overpopulation. Um, so when you think about those things, um, that's kind of like well. Um, that's a bedrock of, of us as a humanity, and uh, to overcome that um, with increasing temperatures, um, it's it's quite dangerous. But um, no, uh, it's it's a tough question, you know, because um, you don't want to instill fear, you know, because there's still like a lot of hope uh, people would have. But no, to take a step back and to look at you know the evolution of us as men uh, and you know women, but you know as man, um, we actually were uh, you know evolved in this like nice you know. Uh, stable period uh, that we're in and we're kind of moving out of that so it's kind of you know not sure to say exactly what we're going to face just because you know we have some data of what you know um what the you know the temperatures could have been like but we don't know how our bodies are going to react to that and um you know the dangerous thing that uh, we are going to be facing is increasing desertification so the areas that are deserts now are going to be increasing but then also around the equator um, there's something like uh, the wet bulb temperature where um, it's, uh, you know, the heat and the uh, humidity um, where it's going to get so hot and it's going to be so humid that, you know, as humans, how we cool down is, as we sweat. And if it's so humid, you're not going to be able to to sweat. Um, and, you know, that, that's going to be uh, just just disastrous for people. And, uh, you know, um, you think about the, you know, the areas around the equator and it's like, well, um, how are these people going to cool themselves down? Um, and you well, you know, air conditioning, but yeah. that, uh, it's like, well, um, you know, uh, that's going to be leading to another thing that we're facing is, you know, uh, the amounts of people that are increasingly needing air conditioning to stay at safe temperatures for human beings. So how screwed are we? Um, it's safe to say that, uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> we, um, we don't know yet, <laughs> but I mean, we're 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 going towards screwed, right? Just so yes, we're clear, okay. Definitely, we're, we're on the trajectory to be screwed. We just don't know the extent yet, okay. And I guess you know, hearing that would send anybody into a panic. And quite frankly, I'm trying not to spiral about it. But how like culpable are we? Like how much of that is, you know, corporations and I don't know, like big business versus how much is it like individual actions that is contributing to climate change and and environmental disaster, I'll say. No. um, So that's that's the funny thing, Um, because to to put it as to businesses or or humans, uh, you know, just like us living, um, it goes to uh, a, a large, larger topic, you know, um, as to like just our lifestyles um, and how much that changes from, you know, our, or how much that's changed from our inception, you know, um, you know, from hunter gatherers to now, you know, TVs in every room. 
Um, and <laughs> so, I mean, chicken or the egg, right? You know, um, did, did we want all this stuff or did someone tell us that we need it? You know, um, oh, so, capitalism. <laughs> Whole other issue. <laughs> Well, right. I saw a lot of like Earth Day posts yesterday uh, on social media that were, were talking about like, you can't talk about climate change without talking about coloniz- colonization, um, you know, because indigenous people knew how to sustainably live off the land. And so that's definitely an interesting <laughs> dynamic that you brought up because, you know, how much do we really need? I don't know. How much of this opulence do we really need? Do I really need this microphone? <laughs> to function probably not well you know uh it definitely something like that definitely allows you to get to a a wider audience but no um that colonization and the climate change i mean that i mean you have communities where you know um they'll you know traditionally let's go back to the native americans you know that ox you know or you know um that bison they're going to use every single piece to that animal you know and so that like veganism wouldn't be necessarily like thought of but it was still like no loss in food and and that's that's where the whole veganism comes from is because we're mismanaging a food so it goes you know it's like there's so many different avenues that we can go to solve these things but uh yeah it's it's interesting to go into um i'll try not to go too much into the capitalism but yeah i think um yeah i think as far as uh, like individuals um, one of the important things that we can do is just try to um, understand that 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 change and like you know do we need all, like like there's there's some type of comfort that we do need like um, you know unfortunately you know uh, suburbia like you know your car your job might be you know uh, out of a bus range and you know there might not be a lot of people taking your same route so it's not going to be a popular route but you have every intention to take the bus i fell into that you know um and then what you what do you have to do you have to bite the bullet and you know gas up your car because that's the only way or you know if you can somehow you know i don't know have a hundred thousand dollars lying around and go buy a good tesla and and you know have all the size of infrastructure but then that's you know getting back into having been able to be on the right side of that and and still you know not uh you know like going back to the whole, you know, uh, you know, indigenous, you know, um, simplest, minimalist living, you know, um, good, good food, uh, good company. And, and <laughs> that's all we, humans that's need, all we right? need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you were just talking about like the commuting and stuff, I'm thinking about the differences of like when I was in Germany and just how different their public transport system is. Like there was in the town that I was living in, there was like, a like a tram essentially that like took you all around the city all all hours of the day, every 15 minutes, like wherever you need to go, multiple lines, the infrastructure for like biking was a lot different. The bike lanes were like very prevalent, very established. Um, Like people don't, you don't need a car. I, I lived there for four months and I didn't need a car at all to get anywhere. So it's just, it's crazy just how much, you know, America is really dropping the ball in terms of this environmental crisis that we're in. And it, it's disappointing (laughs) for me because, you know, as an individual, like you kind of just feel helpless. Like you can do what you can to, um, you know, buy a reusable bottle and use plastic straws or not plastic straws, the metal straws or reusable straws. But 
I don't know. What else can people like me, every other, like everyday people, what can we do to help that isn't, you know, or that will make a difference? Eat less meat. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, seriously. um, You know, um, that is probably one of the easiest things people can do. You know, Um, we're, we're getting around the edges of, of changing your whole lifestyle you know, of, of, you know, and it takes a lot. If you were going to ride that bus to your job 30 miles away, that's, that's what you're doing, <laughs> you know, and uh, you might not have the ability because, you know, you have kids or something like that. But um, something, one thing that you could do today to, for the environment is eat, eat less meat, not become a vegan, you know, which if that's your, if that's your goal, cool to do that, but just eat less meat. And, you know, to get into that, you just have to go understand, you know, like how, the ag industry is set up and how much resources go into providing and, and, you know, getting that burger to your plate. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say burger because yeah, you know, about what a thousand more gallons of water go into getting that one pound of beef on your plate. And, you know, so that's, you know, uh, to go not into too much depth, but I mean, that's growing the grain to, to feed the animal and you know how much they eat per day and then their waste um dealing with the waste of that animal you know uh, dealing with the disease of that animal and then you know um you have to you know this is some years um that you have to care for this animal um and that's just time and all that to go onto your plate where you could have you know some type of similar calorie density and you know nutritious you know plant-based alternative um and you know <laughs> very good yes and uh you know if you have not tried that or that of the impossible i mean uh you know one of your uh soccer games la i mean i whenever i see it on the menu i i gotta try it because you know that time there was my first time having it at a restaurant and you know i still to this day do not know if they got my order wrong i don't know if i had a burger or if i had the impossible burger for that day i don't know i don't know and it's okay like <laughs> I feel like there's a lot. That's what we all do today. I feel like there's a lot of like work to do around like getting the generation above you, so like my dad's generation, on that board or on that train. Just because like whenever we go somewhere or I go somewhere with my dad, you know how he is. He like is like ew, impossible Mm -hmm. meat, ew, beyond burger. But like I don't know. I I like tofu. I like plant based things. Um, I would definitely eat them more. And especially, I probably will try to after you saying that. That was kind of the kick in the ass that I needed. Um, But yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like messaging that needs to happen with the generation above you because they are very traditional, uh, or at least that's the impression that I get from my dad and my mom. So anyway, if I can't speak on that for a second, you know, yeah. um, um, no, just uh, sorry, just for a second. No, um, because it's it's tough because you know, um, and unfortunately, it's it's gonna have to come down to when someone absolutely has, to, and they're gonna kick themselves that they should have done this years ago, and that's a sad and unfortunate thing because I've seen it already, you know. Um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say like we are in this crisis. And it's happening before our very eyes. And to your point, like we, we're going to be kicking ourselves because we didn't do more now. But how is how is this climate crisis? How is this environmental crisis affecting especially like communities of color and like marginalized communities and 
you know, lower class people a lot more than the rich. <laughs> you know, um, there's a term that um, I learned uh, in school um, studying uh, environmental engineering um, called NIMBY, uh, not in my backyard. Um, and that's a nice way to put that um, I don't want to put my trash over here. I'm going to put it over there because I think less of you and therefore you deserve to have to look at that. Um, and that's pretty much what it goes down to. I mean, there's a, it was like about maybe a year or so, maybe two now, um, even uh, Trevor Noah did something on environmental racism where there was like a, some type of like oil, oil, oil uh, processing plant. Um, and, you know, within code, you know, a thousand feet from a school, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it can be built. Um, but like, you know, there was a, you know, I think it was like 80% white school um, that was like, you know, H no, that ain't coming over here. Like, so um, we're going to end up in a school that had opposite of those numbers. And, um, but yeah, so um, it's, it's actually tragic because, you know, it goes, it ties into that whole redlining thing. I mean, so, I mean, where did redlining come from? Well, industry's been here for forever and, you know, people have been sprawling out and, you know, people are going to make a buck. And when you have the same type of mentality that are writing the environmental codes or, or you know, the, um, um, the permit codes, the building codes, um, you're like, yeah, let's make a buck off these people, build a house right here. I'm not going to live here, but I yeah. can make money off of it. So. You know, uh, back to that, you know, capitalism and that great thing that we're in. <laughs> capitalism is the root of all evil. That is what I've been learning <laughs> over the past few years. Um, it truly affects everything. Um, but yeah, it's like horrible. You hear stories about places like Flint and their water crisis. And it just makes you wonder, like, how often that is happening that isn't being overreported in the media, you know what I mean? Or that isn't getting the attention that Flint is. And it's concerning. Well, well and, and sadly, it's uh, it's more prevalent than uh, we're aware of. <laughs> or at least the average person, you know, um, just me being, you know, uh, following this stuff and, and working in the sector. Um, yeah, um, please, please get a water filter. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, go ahead and, and reach out to Kaya if you want to get my recommendation, but yeah, um, please get a water filter. Um, yeah, I'm serious. Um, because yeah, um, you know, with our, think about our roads and we see those. So, and you know, and we have our, you know, hundred thousand dollar cars driving on that and no one sees what's inside your pipes. And those have, those are built around the same time. <laughs> That's so gross. So, yeah. That, that is so <laughs> scary. Not to scare anybody listening, but wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need those recommendations. <laughs> I'm gonna link those below because now I'm scared. <laughs> well, that and like when I got back from Germany, obviously I've been having some like not allergy issues because I don't have allergies. I got tested for it, so I'm having some sort of like reaction to the air. Like the doctor that I went to was like. Yeah, I have no idea why your nose is inflamed. And I mean, I haven't gotten COVID that I know of. Um, I've been tested pretty regularly all year. So like, when we were kind of ruling things out, you're like, it's probably the air. And that scared the crap out of me because I was like, what? 
you know, and sadly, you know, uh, being in uh, LA County, you know, um, we it's the air basin called South Coast. Um, it's one of the, you know, uh, that and, and the San Joaquin Air Basin, uh, Central Valley Air Basin. Um, it's it's dangerous levels of, of particulate matter um, that's uh, 2.5 microns inside and uh, size, and that can actually just go straight straight through your skin and uh, into your bloodstream. And um, that, you know, if you think about it, you know, because um, to just to put it in perspective, you know, like, you know, people can, you know, think about things and diluting it inside water, right? Because you can see it like spread out. Well, we're in water right now. And when you have that stuff floating around, it's going to naturally just disperse everywhere. So like everywhere around you is, you know, it's the ambient um, air quality uh, readings. And, you know, so the pollution is going to be everywhere. And, and when you have that stuff just floating around to you, you know, simple like diffusion and osmosis it's gonna oh. just in its way into things um oh god <laughs> i maybe i maybe i shouldn't have done this episode with you because now i'm gonna freak <laughs> myself out just walking around outside <laughs> maybe I, I just need to wear my mask permanently i would say um you know um there have been reports of uh, microplastics being found atop of uh, mount everest um so what does that mean that means that plastic that has you know aerialized um that it's been floating around in the air just tiny little you know like nano sized pieces pieces of plastic um that are mixed into our water and it got deposited in rain in snow on mount everest and yeah so there is plastic in the air that is i mean that can't be good for you that, oh. that just can't be good for your <laughs> <laughs> oh no and do people like even test for that like is that like a so, regular like standard so uh there's you know um there's there we have um you know i i personally don't do monitoring um but um i you know understand uh you know it's just a down the hall type of type of thing um so we do have monitors that pick up for um like elemental stuff um and well we're not trying to scare people so um we're only like you know concerned about like elemental carbon because that like is you know traced to like you know transportation and things like that um so we're we're not trying to sit there and you know break down everything that's in the you know but we will get like um uh, readings of like you know if we're near an industry we will say oh like you know there's there's metal in the air you know like metal processing facilities will have little bits of metal in the air so yeah <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pivot. (laughs) I'm gonna pivot before we spiral too far down because, quite frankly, I'm getting scared (laughs) about going outside. Um, There's a lot of of, there's a lot of metal processing facilities in in LA County. So sorry. Moving on. (laughs) I mean, thankfully, I'm not in LA anymore. Like I'm a little bit more in suburbia. uh, So. Hopefully I'm a little bit better, but yeah, no, I will not be going back to LA anytime soon now after that. Um, (laughs) But pivoting a little bit, I know you and I have talked about this topic in particular a lot, and I think it could be beneficial for other people to hear your thoughts on it. Um, We're going to talk about guns. Um, Obviously there's a lot of, you know, debate going on right now in the news, especially with all the mass shootings happening. which is just really sad and really awful and definitely think we need more gun control in this country, but that's a whole other topic. Um, you know, w- what do you think about like black people and owning guns and why do you think it's important? Uh, I definitely think we should own guns. 
um, you know, um, you know, it's about self-defense. Um, it's about, you know, um, equal rights. Um, if, if one group of persons feel like they can have guns, um, why shouldn't everyone else feel like they should have guns? But, you know, take a step back. I always, always do that because, you know, um, like if let's say, you know, we were, uh, you know, in feudal Japan, you know, um, the most coveted position would be, you know, the samurai, if not, you know, like a emperor or something higher, um, like, and the weapon of the day is the katana. I mean, to not be precise and, and proficient in the weapon of the day would, I would almost say is foolish. And my thoughts have definitely changed after this past year. Um, I mean, in general, guns still kind of scare the crap out of me. And maybe that is why I should go with you to the gun range soon. Um, but yeah, like what kind of led you to getting your first one? And, you know, how has that evolved? How has that thought process evolved for you? Well, um, you know, uh, so I am something of a doomsday prepper. <laughs> yes um you know um and and not not totally just weird you know like everything is good and i'm just worried about those potential hurdles that might or might not happen and i just want to make sure i'm I'm good for those two and, and you're the not I love, of course. Yeah, i want to make sure um yeah yeah i'm not i'm not you know i'm not, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not unhinged i'm just uh you know got some extra you know toilet paper like you know like I, I wasn't freaking out. I'll add two extra things, you know, just <laughs> ready to go. But you uh, no, so that was that gotten, was my first uh sorry, you haven't gotten your um your uh doomsday like bunker yet. Not yet. I mean not yet. But uh, <laughs> like I mean no, um to talk about that for a second, because you know, doomsday bunker like what you said, you insinuated is living in living living underground and like humans you know, uh, go back, going back to overpopulation, we're already needing to live on water because we need to find new places to live just because it's so hot and it's unbearable too far inland because it gets too hot. So the other thing to combat that is actually going underground and actually going underground is a lot, you know, easier and, and more stable in, in temperature because, you know, it's like what, uh, 15 feet or like, yeah, 15 feet down or something like that. It's like the same, uh, temperature throughout. So yeah, it's actually cooler. Um, so actually if I had, you know, let's say like, you know, a million dollars someone just gave to me and I can go build a house. Yeah, I'll at least have like two floors underground and it will just like, that would be just like absolutely like just cool down there and then just have like one above ground. Um, but yeah, so not not fully unhinged, but yeah, I, um, I, I wanted to get a gun, you know, for doomsday prepping just because, you know, uh, whatever, doom, zo zombie apocalypse, I wanted, you know, because that would that went with my samurai, uh, you know, my katana and, you know, my my bow and arrow. Like, and then I was like, I needed a firearm. Um, <laughs> so the I, I believe the second part was, um, you know, like how, you know, kind of did that change with the current environment? Well, I think I needed I think I needed a little bit more than just one. <laughs> um and uh you know and and just you know um just because uh when it comes down to it you know um not that not coming down to that but you know um there's they do different things you know um 
And, you know, so like, like, for example, like a shotgun versus a handgun, you know, like the shotgun is for like short range personal defense where a handgun is would be multi-purpose, multi-purposeful. So like, you know, so I, I started to like get a different uh, style like that, you know, um, just because, you know, more doomsday prepping. And, you know, when, when, when some person thinks that they need 20 and they're you know, somehow mad at you when you didn't do anything, I think you at least need one, <laughs> you know, it's just so you can, you know, if it comes down to it, but hopefully it never comes down to that. In like the, I'll call it like the Trump era slash like how we are now, like, is there any fear in with within you of like owning that gun? And then, you know, somebody, some racist cop or something like mistaking it and you know does that thought ever cross your mind as you're you're buying more and more and becoming more prepared well uh you know um it uh uh it's funny because you know um before i had any weapons on me you know i had so many altercations with uh police or you know cops on my college campus going from class to class with my book bags so, you know, and, and they're, you know, you know, knee on my neck, five guys on me, dogpiling me, you know, most embarrassing one was I literally just left class with my team, you know, my team, we we're going to go do some homework with, um, and, you know, we're about to go back and like, go do a test. And here I am just had some police dogpile on me, you know, and sitting here saying like, you know, a, uh, you know, um, you don't know what he's capable of. Be careful. And, you know, yeah, what am I, I love this girl. You know, she was like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know him. We know him. And it's like this little white girl. And it's like, I, I, and I just was so embarrassed because like, it's like, I didn't want them to see me like that, you know, but yeah. then to have to go still, you know, go do a test and, and still function. Um, so yeah, without a gun, I'm still a threat. Um, so, I mean, having one you know uh i've been pulled over with one um you know uh i carried it legally transporting it legally you know um i got through it just how i get through every situation you know um <laughs> with the prayer because <laughs> you know complying is, is not you know uh talking is is not complying i hope you guys know that <laughs> that's resisting arrest um so yeah it's um you know uh Luckily, I made it through, but yeah, um, so I'm, it doesn't add any fear because that fear is gone. Like, it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, I, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good, you know, description of the Black experience in America. And I think a lot of people, like, don't realize that. And I think that's kind of where my perspective has changed is, like, they're going to mess with you regardless. Like, you might as well. You might as well have a gun. Um just in case, I mean, you know, that that young girl that just got um, killed by police, Micaiah, which, you know, that's still really raw. But like, you know, she was trying to defend herself from people and yet she was still mistaken as a threat. So I just I, I just get scared. Um, I think that's like a lot of my hesitancy with having a gun is like being mistaken as a threat when you know the threat is already there but i don't know i think after we're both vaccinated, don't call 911 
Yeah, no, <laughs> trust me, I won't. You guys taught me better than that. Um, no, I think after we're both vaccinated, I'm definitely going to have to join you at the gun range, and I will, I will learn. I, <laughs> I will learn. I will give you that. I will learn just so I can be prepared. I don't know if I'll ever buy my own, at least not now, but I still do have my machete that you bought for me. So, <laughs> yeah, that, and I'm still glad that uh, I was able to do that for you. Um, but yeah, and uh, largely mine are just paperweights, you know, um, you know, and you know, once you realize that, I, I was like, man, like, I want to get something that actually looks nice because I'm actually not never going to use it. <laughs> and, I remember, yeah, go ahead. I remember when we went to that um, that one store when you were buying one one time and I I really like the pink one. So I think that would be the one that I would get is a is a pink one because I don't know if I would ever use it, actually. Right. It would just look nice. Yeah, I get it. I, I do get it. Um, but yeah, like, so can you say it is definitely your recommendation that all black people get a gun? Oh, yes. And, uh, learn how to use it. Um, when you get it, um, become a, a member of that gun range, um, you know, uh, go once a week, uh, when you start, um, and, and tailor off, um, you know, um, someone, if you're looking for training, there's training out there, but yeah, um, get it. Um, do some training. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's better to just not need it and know that you can, but you, you know, there, there, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, kind of on the same vein, but going a little bit more broadly of a perspective, like I think, you know, kind of what you were describing is almost, preparing ourselves as black people and in a sense you know taking ownership of like a gun is taking ownership of our safety and our protection and a lot of ways that reads to me as one form of like black liberation um so i guess i just wanted your thoughts on that concept as a whole just more generally like what does that look like for you and um what does that mean that's uh <laughs> that's the dreamland right there that's Um, a big question i know no um yeah i mean that's that's literally you know what i that's that pie in the sky i mean um black businesses you know are more black businesses more black schools you know i'm talking about like you know k k through 12 and preschool like more uh, black businesses more more black banks you know if you don't have a, a account at a black bank please go get one today um, and then ultimately, you know, the the true crown of black liberation uh, is global black freedom. And, you know, it's going to have to be, you know, um, li- being lifted up from the system that put us down capitalism that started with abducting us and split up, you know, the our our home continent and being able for every black person that was displaced, um, you know, from their home continent to be able to go back and claim that whole continent and, you know, have the actual real USA form, the United States of Africa, that's black liberation where we can have black consulates everywhere. I mean, imagine if we can go someplace and be like, yeah, you're not going to treat black people like this, you know, like that's, that's, that's black freedom. That's black liberation. Uh, United States of Africa. I mean, there's, there's been talks about, 
having a passport that does the same. But until we can lock down that whole continent and be able to claim that whole continent as a country, I mean, it'll have the number one GDP. I mean, you know, minus military, I mean, we'd be up there. And, you know, that to be able to have that back and be able to just be like, no, I'm about to bounce. Um, that's that's liberation. That's that's that's. And sorry, let me finish that, because there's, you know, because um, currently on the books right now, you know, you still have African nations indebted to their colonial masters sitting in where they have, you know, so much of their GDP going directly back to their coffers. You have everyone, you know, undervaluing, undervaluing the minerals that are underneath their feet. I mean, to think about, you know, the Middle East, they got one mineral, pretty much oil, and we got tons of it in Africa. We should have more billionaires per capita just because of that. But because everyone undervalues the African, you know, everyone pillages and everyone undersells the raw minerals at a low value. And therefore, you know, the wealth doesn't get back to the African. And then, you know, there's some. Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 no, I can talk about going. days. I can talk no, about days. No, keep going. About, keep going. <laughs> I mean, there's just, you know, because Africa does have oil, you know, and then you'll have some companies come in and say, like, yeah, let me, let me, you know, create, create this infrastructure. Let me lift up this region. And, and, you know, um, there was, you know, okay, we'll hire, you know, uh, 20% of the locals and, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's just more of the same. It's just more of the same pillaging of the continent <clears throat> and leaving the, the natives, you know, the Africans, you know, uh, being at, outplaced by foreign invaders and i i literally have to say that because if you don't know mandarin is being taught in african countries like part of the curriculum in school is mandarin and like that's crazy so but you know um but there's a sorry it's it's called soft colonization that's going on um where you know um you'll have uh some place like uh china or something you know because you know, it is cheaper to set up an infrastructure, set up a business, set up, you know, a little network in a place that needs it like Africa and then just hire your own. And then, yeah. you know, then just expand and keep on expanding. So, but yeah, I can talk it's to Jay's about that. <laughs> it's just like um, this chronological, or not even this cyclical instance of just exploitation of black people and black labor and black resources and black ideas um and yeah i could definitely talk about this a lot too i i recently learned that um when you were talking about you know colonization and stuff i recently learned that like haiti or something is still indebted to like i, I don't even know it was this long story and we can fact check me later but haiti is like still indebted and it was done through Wells Fargo. Um, and the reason that they still are like paying back and why their economy is so disrupted is because they had to essentially pay compensation to their slave masters yeah. for freeing themselves, which is just like yeah. the fact that we're still seeing like the repercussions of that today is horrible. And I, I don't understand how, um, easily we see like politicians explain away these things and you know I, I think it's funny because i've quite literally seen people on social media be like yeah we didn't need black people to make this country like we would be just the same without black labor and um black people's contributions and like you know that's kind of the argument that is used to explain away like reparations um 
but yeah, no, I, it's, <laughs> it definitely yeah. is something that you could talk about forever just because there's no. so, there's so much nuance to it. It's a, it's something I can speak on. Um, cause like within, you know, environmental engineering, I did study uh, aerospace engineering and Africana studies, uh, in college. And, you know, um, just to talk about a little bit, you know, um, it's, it's, it comes down to education, you know, as to like why a uh, politician is able to explain it away. I mean, reparations were paid. Like, so people could be like, well, what are you talking about? Reparations were paid. Yeah. Just to the white slave owners. You know, they got paid the compensation when they got when the slaves got freed, you know, I mean, but just talk about, you know, your lineage that you're a part of, you know, like you have a granny that was the first black integrated into a school system, you know, like that's that's living history. So to be nothing other than a student of history was I felt like my responsibility. And so, yeah. And, you know, to hear to hear things to say, you know, people, you know, uh, in history have said, you know, if you want to hide something from an N word, put it in the book. So I'm going through every book, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to hide it from me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you definitely have always been um, an intellectual in our family. um, As I would put it, you and my dad, I think definitely you guys, you guys don't like to think that you're very similar, but you are. We are. I I like (laughs) her. (laughs) I know there's an age gap there, but you guys are very similar. Um, But yeah, just more on that thread, like, all right. So we have the ideal, we have the promised land. Like, how do we get there? How do we as a people get there? And what does that mean for us? I know this is like big questions. I know you don't have all the answers, but I've always thought that you have all the answers. So well, no, um, I, I literally think the way that we get there is, you know, young, um, inspirational, um, you know, politically driven people like yourself, Kaya. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> you know, um, I'm 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 gonna you know study the books, but uh, yeah, you need to lead the charge and get you know more like-minded people you know together and understand that you know as Black people currently right now in America we have 1.3 trillion dollars in purchasing power annually. If we can just channel that energy. <laughs> into you know um not organizations like black lives matter but black organizations um local organizations that are going to help you know um you at a local level um i think that is going to actually lead us to um you know getting us you know um to you know where we need to be as like politically uh, organized um and then when we actually you know because we uh we're always going to be um like we're not going to be uh, a dominant um number in this society but we do control the narrative of what is considered like cool you know yeah. <laughs> sorry it's one of those things that i i needed to study growing up <laughs> but no i mean honestly like you know you have this emulation of people trying to get black features but you know not necessarily want the black experience, but the black features, the black, you know, uh, entertainment, like you want that culture. So if we can steer that culture into the positive messages, like, I don't know, Bob Marley, (laughs) you know, um, what he's talking about, you know, political, you know, freedom and, and Africa unite. If you can have, um, entertainment, you know, grab the minds. I mean, how, like, you know, let's say like black, black Panther, for example, like that right there, you know, 
that that just you know gave people a, a vision of black excellence and you know it, it gave someone hope so yeah um young black people like you getting the the hearts of people um are going to lead us to get back to where we want because we're going to need to follow um the young people uh, because the average age in africa is is below 40. so it's a young people's movement um if you don't know that it's a young people's movement no pressure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you you spoke a little bit about like Black Lives Matter and how, you know, I know there's a lot of discourse going on with them as an organization right now. And, you know, as you were talking, I was even thinking about like celebrities who I think are really bad for black people. Um, not all skin folk or kin folk, like Kanye West types. Um, like, can you speak on that a little bit? Like why? brands and people and organizations like that might not be the path towards black liberation. I, I think they, um, you know, well, let's, let's, you know, um, I, there's, there's two ways I can go about that. It's playing their game or not playing the game and, and to play their game is to still have a capitalistic society. And, you know, um, yeah, you can, um, they're going to sing and dance to whatever tune they want because, you know, we, we decide what's cool, but no, um, that would, you know, playing their game is, you know, in my opinion, not the way to go. Um, my opinion would be to, to break the chain, break the wheel, going back to, you know, game of Thrones is, <laughs> is to dismantle that system. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, uh, I am exactly sure, but <laughs> <laughs> I I have some I have some uh you know like it it does not we don't need like capitalism insinuates that you know you're less than me therefore like I deserve or you deserve less than me when I when you when you equally helped me to create a finished product you deserve less than me like that that in itself is capitalism like you have a a part in the product to get a finished product but yet um, you're not going to re um, reap in the equal rewards of that um, of that finished product. Like that's that's capitalism. Like it under it has to depend on someone seemingly being less than the other person. And to me, that just that can't be the answer. I'm sorry. Like that can't be the answer. Yeah. Whatever way you look, for, like whatever angle you look at it from, that can't be the way forward. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I agree that that can be a whole separate podcast episode is specifically capitalism and how right. it is the root of all evil. We can do like a whole diagram if we want. I think we can we can get that in the works. <laughs> yeah, I, I would need that diagram to keep me focused. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just also interconnected in so many ways. And, you know, this is only an hour of talking, but it's all very surface level. And I just to me, it kind of points to like how much there is to learn and you know that desire to learn as much as I can is kind of what keeps me going and what fuels me and a lot of my energy in this fight um but as much as we're talking about black liberation like not all the people who listen to this podcast are black and so I guess you know on that vein like what does allyship look like in this movement towards black liberation you know um definitely um putting you know like 
everyone can like you know uh now it's easier you can just you know send some send some money away um but i i'd want uh boots on the ground um you know and um actually having that awkward conversation with you know that cousin that friend you know um you know because the conversations that you know even i've been a part of where you know like well why can't they be more like you derek you know mr straight a's top athlete you know this that and the other you know why can't they be more like you and i'm like what i mean i i speak for the human race i need more humans like me <laughs> not just black people but no yeah i um i see allyship as um you know uh, as more having that awkward conversation i mean yes and and you know i even though i'm i'm like a recluse type you know i uh you know especially you know within the covid area uh, covid covid <laughs> time but like going out of your way to make a black person feel more comfortable in a non-black space um you know i i work in a predominantly you know now it's a little bit more mixed but it's definitely non-black and you know um just a, you know and i've been uh, in a meeting where someone said something and i'm just like what did you and um i must be you know i must be crazy because you know i thought we were all sane here you know it's it's you know pretty much i work with all left-wing progressives you know yeah. um but they needed to not to to see that in in through yeah. my eyes so yeah um having that awkward conversation that's what i need folks to do i know especially like where i you see that a lot like where i grew up especially in orange county just people being so comfortable with like the status quo and not really wanting to make waves um you know for the sake of like fitting in or for the sake of conforming and being popular whatever the reason is like people are so comfortable defending whiteness and defending the status quo and i think that's like you said like allyship needs to come in in that regard because the structures are created by white people they're not going to be torn down by black people they're going to be torn down by white people correct so you know that's where allyship comes in like y'all gotta tear that down yes <laughs> in the most broad sense ever and yeah that you know does start at the individual level and having awkward conversations and you know making sure you're informed enough to go into those conversations and actually be productive about it um but yeah i completely agree. like people just need to get out of their their own whiteness i was talking to one of my friends today about how like a lot of especially like white men in Orange County will be like, oh, yeah, like I'm liberal, I'm liberal, whatever. And then we'll just say the most out of pocket, like racist, misogynistic stuff ever. And I'm like, we must not be the same kind of liberal. Um, and I don't really label myself as that anymore anyways. But like <laughs> I, I'm always just like we must be a different kind because <laughs> that is not my idea of it. So when you brought up, you know, your coworkers being left leaning and. Um, still problematic I think that just goes to show like there's a long way to go in terms of allyship which is really disheartening a lot of times yeah it goes back to that education <laughs> <laughs> the curriculums there's so much to fix so little time <laughs> that's like that's the part that I feel myself like getting exhausted with 
in this space is like, as soon as you think that you're seeing progress in one area, you're like, oh, well, this whole other area needs to be completely reformed and fixed and changed and overthrown. Uh, <laughs> it's just so interconnected. And yeah, I don't know. I guess one of my closing questions for you then just like going off of that is like, how do you keep your peace and your motivation and your energy in this fight towards liberation? Well, you know, um, it's funny because, um, you know, um, just a little bit like my work is tied to that liberation of people's getting, you know, from under this economic uh, and environmental issue. And then, you know, my social time is spent, you know, learning and, you know, and, you know, gouging and, and taking in, um, uh, gorging my bad, um, you know, all this uh, media, all this black media to make sure I'm like up to speed and, you know, um, because people, you know, hold me in high regard, which I absolutely take to the most respect that like, so I do have to stay on top of everything. Um, it actually does weigh on you um, day to day to, to, to keep the facts, to see the, to see the, you know, the injustice daily. Um, I garden. <laughs> I know. I love the pictures. <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh just that that simple serenity of of having the the garden um and also just you know ensuring that you know um i know like the mountains that our ancestors face you know and they still were able to you know put on a smile um and you know so, and somewhat have life um and then we just you know comparatively face hurdles today you know, like I, and it's so it's like, you want to rejoice, but yet we still got a lot of personal stuff that we got to do. Um, so yeah, you know, I take my breaks when I can, but I mean, for the most part, I'm on a grind, uh, out of respect for my ancestors. Um, cause there's a, there's a mantra that I, um, that I, I keep in this light or I, uh, I hold on to that. Um, it does like, you know, when, it, when it, the times do get <laughs> tough, you know, um, it's a slave saying that I, I picked up in my studies, um, patience in this life, triumph, triumph in the next. And I mean, that's what we have. We have to be patient in this life. Um, and, you know, um, in that afterlife, you know, because even, you know, the African ancestry, we believed in the afterlife you know the goddess mayat you know would weigh your heart you know um uh it had to be lighter than a feather to go to heaven like that like so yeah saying that gardening and uh understand we were on a grind um you know keeping that keeping that fire and paving the way you know making sure that i was a good role model for you know this young young beautiful you know inspiring uh you know person kaya here you know, uh, making sure that I, you know, uh, you, uh, was someone that you could look up to and, and, you know, so on and so forth. Like that's, that'll keep you up. And now that'll, that'll make sure that, you know, despite having, you know, literally like my life sabotaged, like keep on grinding. So, yeah. Well, thanks. I have always looked up to you. You know that I was going to say when you were talking about gardening immediately, my mind went to, um, in Endgame, when Thanos is like doing his gardening after the snap, and he's just like 
completely serene after that really <laughs> drastic cataclysmic event. That's how I envision you gardening. Cause I haven't seen your garden yet because of COVID. Um, but that's kind of the image of you that I've, <laughs> I've been keeping in my mind. And that's the path that I'm on too. <laughs> the snap. <laughs> no, just try to change the world, you know, um, as much as I can. And I think, you know, that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm, that is my path too. I have done a lot of reflection this year, a lot of spiritual guidance and whatever you may call it. And I, I see the path now clear as day and it's, it's a little scary cause it's, you know, like you said, there are hurdles in front of us, but also like you said, our ancestors face mountains. Um, so this seems like a small drop in what was a very big ocean for them, in my opinion. And Hey, that's why I wore yeah. this shirt. I am black history. Hello. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I carry with me too. Every day. It's just the, I wish we knew more about our, um, our history and maybe one day we can sit down and try and figure it out. But you know how, it was taken away from black people in this country. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you're, you're from excellence. Just know that. I can feel it. I feel it in everything I do and it carries me forward. And a lot of people, I literally get this question all the time. It's like, how are you still standing? Like, how are you still doing stuff? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I am powered by my family and my, my ancestors. Like I, I truly am. I truly feel it. And that has been, a big thing for me this year is just that connection and I may or may not become like you know I may or may not start exploring like witch like black witchcraft you know what I mean <laughs> like what the things that our ancestors used to do so I don't know we'll see we'll see how that that path will work, look for me moving forward it'll just be an interesting book to read right <laughs> yeah I mean, like the spiritual practices that were taken away. Like there's there's so much I feel like I don't know. There's so much to read in so little time. No. Uh yeah, but uh, you know, you're you're enjoying your path and um that's the most important thing is um, you know, uh it's a it's a discovery. And you know, every chapter you're gonna just learn more and more and richer uh, deeper in history of just how awesome you truly are. And um, you know, it's not like you're better than other people but you're enriching your own history and it's it's reversing the you know the you know the the foot that that you know this whole world has put you under um you know that boot um you know so no it it you need to know that you're not lazy you know you need to know that africans were chosen as slaves for a reason you know it's not because they're lazy that makes no sense you know, um, and to think so would be loony, but who am I, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an awesome discussion. I'm going to go to the last part of the show where you get to tell a story about us. I am interested to hear what you say. Um, obviously, you've known me since I was born. So <laughs> I feel like you have a wide variety of things to choose from. Well, um, it's funny, um, you know, uh, that you uh, brought up the fair um, and having so much fun at the fair um, because, uh, you know, um, one of the um, 
Well, first off, there's a picture that I've actually been searching for for years. I don't know where it's at, but um, you're like up to like a little bit above my kneecap. And I had just finished like a basketball game or something. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like, I'm just like, you know, like, this is Kaya. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm stuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. But uh, no, it's been cool. But uh, no, the you know um, something that uh, you know that I actually hang on to um, was you know um, one of the first times that I was actually able to like take you someplace by myself, you know, um, because like you're not my child, <laughs> and my brother is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um when i was able to take you to the fair by myself um you know first off i don't have money you know (laughs) like so like uh, you know i I had money you know i could uh i could take my niece and 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 show her a good time at the fair i mean i was finally feeling like you know the uncle you know because i wanted i wanted to be that like you know you know like white people have a rich uncle I want to be that rich <laughs> uncle, you know, like, and uh, all I have is knowledge to drop. And it, was, it felt good to finally, you know, buy you what you wanted, you know. So that was that was my memory I wanted to share is uh, my first time being able to take you to the fair. Now, it is funny that we both picked the fair, though, because that was a very ingrained part in me. Um, no, but yeah, I, I love you. I love our family. I have always worshipped you guys i i love you guys i i know i'm very well protected um especially after this episode um but yeah no thanks for being on this i really appreciate it i've always valued valued your opinion to the moon and i i think it's really valuable to have other people hear it too so thank you for being on no, thank you. And I love you, Kaya. Thank you. I feel honored for you uh, having me on. So thank you. We'll have to do it again, but we we can talk about something else. Maybe not yes. environmental doomsday. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> just a little bit happier topic, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll focus on Black Joy. Yes. 100%. <laughs> well that's it for our show this week thank you for listening if you're still here make sure you subscribe rate and review that's how we get noticed and a bunch of other stuff um make sure you follow the podcast on socials on twitter and instagram it's unfiltered wkm um check out merch at two cents sports dot shop um and help support the show and the network and tweet us any comments you may have i love hearing from you guys Um, really makes this worth it. So thanks for listening again. See you next week.